1: listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome
2: to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557 is the number, and uh, you can join the conversation as we talk about news of the day. I want to start off with uh, just a moment of some good news, something that should make us uh, maybe sleep just a little bit better, and that good news is that the uh, Texas Rangers defeated the Houston Astros yesterday and eliminated the Houston Astros from World Series contention. So the Astros will not be in the World Series. I think that's great news. That's great news for uh, all of America. And uh, so maybe that'll just help us just a little bit... Dusty Baker's their manager. He's. I feel bad for Dusty Baker because I love Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker uh, is a meaningful, of course, a uh, meaningful baseball player for all of us here in Southern California. Great left fielder for the Dodgers years ago. I, When I was a kid, I used to sit in – a friend of mine had season seats right – next to the left field foul pole right in front. And it was before they added all those other fancy seats that are there now. So it was right by the foul pole. And what you would do with Dusty Baker is when he would come out to left field, everybody in left field would throw packs of gum at him, bubble gum. That was his thing. He loved bubble gum. And we would always stop at the store on the way to a Dodger game, pick up some bubble gum, and then throw it at Dusty Baker. <laughs> and one time I hit him right in the leg. With a, it was a package of grape tidal wave gum. Do they still have that gum? Anybody, do you guys remember that in their Tidal Wave gum? Anyway, it was this, uh, you know, gum, and inside it, inside it had some kind of uh, goo that would squirt out whenever you'd bite into it. That's why they called it Tidal Wave. And um, I hit Dusty Baker in the leg with it. He picked it up, picked up my package of gum, and uh, the Bat Boy would pick up all the rest of them. And uh, he put it in his pocket, and uh, he was chewing my gum, so it seemed, later in the game when he had home run. That was a, that was a highlight for me as a kid. Anyway, uh, that's, a, that's some, some decent baseball news, I think, in a, a world of uh, some other difficulties. Anyway, good to be with you. The number is 888-528-2557. And uh, we've got a few topics today. We've been talking a lot about Israel, and I know that's uh, still the number one story, but a few other things to chat about. Uh, And we'll get to the Israel thing here in just a minute. Really, speaking of Israel, I want to get to this, because if you've got kids, and maybe this is good for you as well, something that's happening on the social media is yesterday Israel screened for a bunch of journalists um, unedited um, video of the attacks that happened on October 7th the Hamas attacks. And what Hamas did was they filmed it and they uploaded it. Some of it was on Facebook Live. So there were people watching it live. And one of the sickest things that they did was they would get on to grab somebody's phone who they had just murdered or who they were about to murder. And they would go live on their Facebook or whatever their social media is. And uh, they broadcast their murders live on there. And of course, that gets recorded and it's out there. So, you know, that somebody has released parts of that. Some of it's edited, but some of it isn't. So there's some pretty, pretty horrendous stuff going around on the social media right now. Just videos of uh, what happened. And it's real life, guys. These are horrific scenes. There were some things already I wish I hadn't seen. And, you know, it's just important to keep the kids away from it. And honestly, we should stay away from that. I think there's a value maybe to having it out there since we're living in a world where people want to deny the, the you know, the barbaric actions that were taken. And we're talking about kids. We're talking about little kids, we're talking about grandmas. We're talking about not soldiers. We're talking about just people who are living their lives and just people hanging out. We used to call those people civilians. Right, and uh it's not the movies it is it is real life. it is a pretty serious, serious thing, so just be aware of that if you got kids, you know you probably shouldn't have social media for for young kids anyway, maybe none of us should have it, you know it's got its value, and it has some uh so many troubles. but if your kid's got a Twitter account or a facebook instagram um the state of California today is suing along with forty eight other states uh meta which is the parent company of instagram and facebook saying that you have created a product that is dangerous for kids and they're all addicted to it and uh that's true i mean i don't know if there's a legal case for suing uh, them for making a a product that people uh, can't stop using um but the danger is real the danger is there for your kids and it's it's you know a lot of that danger is as people get into um You compare yourself to other kids, right? You compare yourself to other families. Adults do this all the time. You get comparisonitis, and you start looking at other people's lives that they post on their Instagram, and you say, I wish my life was like that. You know, nobody posts the terrible things. You know, nobody – people post the – The one picture that they finally got that's good of their kids and the family on the Hawaiian trip, but they don't post that the room wasn't what you thought and that you fought all last night about what to eat and it's more expensive than you thought. There's cockroaches on the beach. You know, those things don't make it into the Instagram, the real life things, right? The things that go wrong. I thought about that. I thought, you know, it would be more useful maybe just to actually post the things that go wrong. You, do you ever send out a Christmas letter? Some people send out a Christmas letter. I get those Christmas letters from people, right? And you they write, here's what we did in January and here's what we did in February. And it's kind of a a cool update, you know, for, you know, close friends. Sometimes I get those from people I don't even know. It's like well, I appreciate you sharing, you know, that uh, you, you went to visit your grandma in uh, North Dakota and uh, you took a drive and you saw, but uh, I have no idea who you are. Somehow you just friended me on your Facebook and then you got my address and you're mailing me something. But people write all this stuff down. I thought I should write all the things I do that are stupid during the year, like all the things I do that's wrong. Like I was in the parking garage on January 15th and I backed into a pole and knocked off my rearview mirror. That cost me $600 that's, that's real life. I feel like maybe we should do that because we, we deal with that more. Anyway, uh, just something about the socials. There's a lot of stuff on there that creates a lot of problems. There's a, there's some value to the social media in the war and things going on, I think, because I think there's some along with all the fake stuff and there's a ton of fake stuff on there, ton of fake news, ton of phony baloney videos and AI and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's also some real stuff that I think has prevented those who would like to change the narrative from being able to do so. I think that there are some stories that have been published and they're not true, such as the hospital bombing a couple of days ago. I'm not sure that would have been corrected so easily, but for people on the ground with their their phones going, actually, that didn't happen. And uh, as grotesque as these videos are that have been released, um somebody, you know, we need to be aware of how grotesque uh, this attack was and that that's the condition of human beings. That's something that happens actually in real life. And there's going to be um, pictures coming from Gaza and Israel over the next few days of the result of war, and it's terrible. And I wonder if we don't realize how horrific war actually is. You know, there maybe because of movies or maybe just a, a sense of right and wrong or those kinds of things, we, we don't always get the gruesomeness of it. If you're somebody who has served in a, a battlefield, a real one, then you know, and you know that there are things that are just horrendous, no matter what side you are on and no matter how justified you are, there are things that the human body, human brain is not meant to take in and uh, that's where we get a lot of people suffering. So just to just to put that out there, hey parents, you know, don't ignore what your kids are looking at online uh because of all this. This is the Pastor Scott show. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Speaking of the movies, uh the Writers Guild of America, who's recently on strike for a while, uh they're taking some heat because they have stayed silent and not put out a statement on the Hamas attack on October 7th that left uh, at this point 1,400 civilians dead and hundreds more kidnapped. That's what some of those videos are about. And note that uh, the Directors Guild put out a statement and the Screen Actors Guild put out a statement. The whole statement thing's kind of weird, right? Because how did we get to a place anyway where we expect organizations and companies and schools to put out a statement about anything in the news? And you might say, well, maybe they shouldn't. I think that might have been what ought to have been before. But once you start doing it, which has been happening, and once you start putting out the statements, and once this is a normal thing, well, then it says a lot when all of a sudden you don't, right? When you put out a statement about every single kind of uh, marginalized thing that somebody might have said somewhere on their social media, and you put out a statement, I'm for this or I'm against that, and you're always putting out a statement about every little thing, and then all of a sudden there is a really you know another major event and then you say nothing it says something you are you're making a statement at that point with your silence and that has been the idea and this is what the uh Writers Guild of America said this, the board of directors has worked exhaustively to consider the great diversity of opinions among our members on this issue and determine how best to address this as a guild. Sounds like the Writers Guild is at a loss for words. They, they said this, we of course share your anguish writing to concerned members. Like why aren't you making a statement about this? And, uh, like the membership itself they said the board's viewpoints are varied and we found consensus out of reach for these reasons we have decided not to comment publicly i think that says a lot i think that says a lot if you wonder why the tv is so bad and all the shows are so bad remember there used to be there used to be so much good television back in the day, that you would record it, right? You would record, you put a, we used to have these big old tapes, right? VHS tapes, and you stick them in the machine. And Thursday night, you would record everything on one channel, but you also had the ability to watch something and then record something else because there were always great shows. And if you wanted to be entertained, you wanted to watch it, there was always something good. Sometimes you just couldn't get into other shows because just not enough time, but it was all pretty good. Now it's pretty bad, I mean, it's amazing how bad a lot of the stuff is that's out there. Just, what do I mean by bad is certainly there are there are some things that are just, you know, uh, evil subjects, you know, and and uh, things that we shouldn't be watching anyway. OK, Game of Thrones, you know, probably good writing, probably pornography also. I wonder what the justification is for that. I've never seen that show. That's just what I've heard. I'm not going to watch the show because of the other thing. There might be some things in it that are good writing, but I mean, there's, there's bad stuff like that, but I mean, stuff that's, you know, not foul or, or somehow just, uh, you know, a, you know, an expression of, of horrific things, just horrific writing and bad acting, uh, and a lot of, uh, social engineering stuff, and maybe that's the problem. If you're wondering, by the way, um, if you're sympathetic somehow with the WGA about, well, you know, our members all have different opinions, and so we're just not going to say anything. You don't think that the uh, Screen Actors Guild people have different opinions or that the Directors Guild have different opinions. Here's what you could do. I'm going to give some advice to the Writers Guild of America. Cut and paste someone else's statement. Just put your own name in there. Here's Here's the Directors Guild of America statement, which they put out several days ago. Uh, the DGA unequivocally condemns terrorism and joins the many voices in our community decrying the recent Hamas terrorist attacks in Israel and violence against innocent civilians. We stand against the growing spread of anti-Semitism here in the U.S. and abroad and remain committed in our actions, words and deeds to supporting the Jewish people. You know, Writers Guild, just cut and paste that. Just take out DGA, put in WGA. Just take the same thing, tweak it a little bit if you have to, you know. But, you know, that statement doesn't mean that you support everything that Israel might do in response to this. It doesn't mean that you can't have an opinion about Israeli government policy with settlements or with the West Bank or with Gaza Strip or those. It doesn't mean that you can't have a difference of opinion of different things. What the statement says is you condemn terrorism and you condemn the kind of attack that happened on innocent people, you should condemn the same thing. If Israel decides, you know what, we're going to go in and we're going to rape the same number of women and we're going to burn and behead the babies the same way and we're going to put it all on Facebook Live, you should condemn that too. That's just not something that you do. You know, this was an easy statement. This was an easy statement to make for the DGA, easy statement for the few colleges who did it, and it just follows what has been going on for a long time right in uh, whatever the world is. The WGA, you know, they quickly supported uh, BLM following uh, George Floyd's death. They were right out there with the Me Too revolution. The Me Too, remember, hashtag Me Too uh, and all of that. And uh, But they can't say a word about rape and torture and kidnapping of Jews for the sake of their being Jews from an organization that's charter says we're here to kill Jews. Uh, can't say anything about that can't even cut and paste someone else's statement just to make a statement, even if you don't believe it, right? You can't even do that. Uh, That's a pretty big deal. Um, You know, maybe it's something that we're learning is that organizations shouldn't have to be out there making a statement about everything. But since they do, it says an awful lot about being silent. It says an awful lot when you make a statement about every single thing that goes on out there, but then you don't say anything when it comes to a terrorist attack, which is easy to condemn from whatever angle you've got on other stuff. Very simple to do. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Eric in Chula Vista, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
3: Hi, Pastor. Hey, thanks for taking my call. So just an incredible discussion. We just have so much that's happening in this world that I think is, just an example of the evil spirit that is flowing across this world. And I, I came to some, uh, remember some thoughts and some things that I was researching in relation to what you commented about the images that are available today of what the Hamas and these, uh, evil people are, are committing these murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I remember though, that when, I was looking at World War 2 footage that I don't remember exactly when they released a lot of this footage but it gets very graphic and um yes I found a channel on YouTube uh YouTube even still has the channel and it shows the absolute atrocities and experiments tortures on the Jewish people um You know, and I sat and I watched this for a while before I knew it. My spirit was completely in a place that I believe that the Holy Spirit pulled me away. Like, Eric, don't go there anymore. However, there's this point where I remember, too, that there's these Holocaust deniers Mm -hmm. that will say, well, that happened because there was some kind of a disease or there was a virus, so they had to quarantine these people, and eventually they had to get rid of them, quote-unquote, because it was going to spread.
2: And that's been growing for you know, years, so, Holocaust deniers, for yeah, a long time. you
3: know, so it's like right now we're in it, like, we're in it live, because there's already the people that want to tell us what we see is not real. Mm-hmm. And so then if you have that kind of a a character that you are blinded at this point, and that goes into the whole spiritual conversation, you're going to believe what they're going to be telling you. But since we do believe as Christians that God reveals to us the truth and Holy Spirit gives us discernment, we look at this and then we have to ask ourselves, okay, what's going on here? Okay, we took a note of that, but now how do we go um, go forth? But I just kind of wanted to respond because of what we know now about World War II and what was recorded on those early forms of recording these things, because you can sit down too and open the Bible to the Old Testament and read about horrific things. Right. If you allow your mind to go and get into that. So it's that kind of question where, what do you want to expose yourself to and why? Yeah. Because if we're going to educate ourselves, you know, there's that phrase that if you don't know, History, then you, you may very well commit it again. I'm not. I'm kind of paraphrasing, of course, there, but yeah,
2: yeah. I know what I know what you're, know what you're referring it, to.
3: Yeah, because if the kids don't know, and I'm not saying that you should go and have these kids sit in front of this and be absolutely destroyed. Yeah.
2: No, but there are there are ways to do it. I'm coming up here on a a break here, Uh, Eric. Thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, There are ways to do it that don't require seeing the most graphic things. And Eric's right. There's stuff from World War II that exists. Uh, A lot of it didn't show up for a long time, just a different era, right? It wasn't instantaneous. It was months later. There were things that the Nazis did, the experiments and the horrific torture, particularly of Jews um, in the concentration camps and other – that wasn't even known for months after the war ended – Um, you know, I highly recommend if you go to Washington, D.C., you should go to the Holocaust Museum as much as it will bring your day down. It's part of history. There's so much history there. You should do that. And if you ever go to Europe, if you go to uh, Germany and Austria in particular, you need to go to the the actual concentration camp sites. I've been to uh, Dachau. And, you know, when you walk into that place, there's this there is this sculpture for lack of a better word. That's right at the front of it when you come in and it is haunting. I was there when I was 16 years old and I remember it vivid, you know, vividly. And it's a sculpture that is so dark. It's, it's black. It is. When you look at it carefully, it just looks like a bunch of twisted metal, but then eventually you realize it's twisted bodies. And, uh, you know, it's very powerful. And to walk in there where these atrocities happened, when you read the stuff that they've put up, uh, and this is in Germany, you know, where you read the things and um, you uh, read how much hate there was for Jewish people just because they were Jewish. And, you know, I think something that has been kind of profound for me is to see that, to realize how important that is for Germany to keep around and make sure that people go tour that since they were the, you know, the purveyors of all of that. Um, and then to see what's happening in Germany today with the protests, with the, uh, Jewish homes. I don't know if you saw this, but a lot of Jewish homes had spray painted, uh, you know, the Star of David on there and, uh, Nazi symbols and other things, uh, in Germany. I mean, that, that happens in places all over the world, right? But it's extra powerful, I think, uh, in Germany and, uh, the evil of anti-Semitism, the evil of hating people just for the sake of who they are or what they represent, um, you know, is is something that's very real. And you can't ignore that and you can't put it into some dumb philosophies um, that ultimately the philosophies, the intersectionalities and things that we're seeing, that's what's causing a lot of the problems today because uh, you don't know who to hate more because you're always trying to find the bigger oppressor and that's who you hate and you do that. And uh, it just it takes away from the actual humanity. It takes away from the fact that we know, whether we acknowledge it or not, that all human beings uh, have rights and are equal in value. And as Christians, we believe everybody's made in the image of God. We live in a time where that hate cannot be tolerated. And even in times of war, and when there's other kinds of evil, you have to be able to differentiate uh, the wickedness of the concentration camp and the Holocaust, which is above and beyond in the evil category of evil in World War II, something more than just a war, you know. Uh, and the same thing with terrorist attacks today, that this kind of thing is something you have to call out and you just can't add some kind of silver lining to it or some kind of but at the end of it. Uh, because it's completely unjustified This is the Pastor Scott Show The number is 888-528-2557 I am late for the break I'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show Tuesday edition continues Stay tuned
1: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now At scott at kkla.com Or tune in live weekdays From 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show
2: Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. And, uh, hey, you know, uh, we were talking about the, uh comments that uh, some groups out there have put out no statement at all, even a simple statement about uh, the terrorist attack that Hamas did. And uh, there is an interesting conversation about what silence means. Do you have to say something? Are you in a situation where if you don't say something, then you are saying something, that kind of thing? It hit the White House in an interesting way. This is Karine Jean-Pierre today And she came out for the normal, she is the president's spokesperson, she came out for the normal press briefing, but she started it off with this statement.
4: Make something clear uh, at the top, because I understand how important uh, moral clarity is, especially at this time. So when Jews are targeted because of their beliefs or their identity, when Israel is singled out because of anti-Jewish hatred, that is anti-Semitism.
2: Now, she was sent out to make that statement because the day before, this was the exchange that happened at the press briefing. Now, I want you to hear the question and then ask yourself, does her answer... Really answer the question and why did she go there with this?
0: Does the president view anti-Israel protests and sentiment on college campuses as anti-Semitism? So
4: look, I'm not gonna get into what's happening across the country and at different universities, I'm not gonna get into the specifics. As the Admiral said, the First Amendment right, right? That's what something a peaceful protest is really uh, part of part of our democracy, being able for folks to to uh, to be able to express their feelings. I'm not going to get into any uh, uh, you know, specifics on that. The president has been very clear in wanting to make sure that uh, Jewish Americans, wanting to make sure that Arab Americans, Muslims, are protected here. That is what he believes in, that we they have the right uh, to live their lives and to feel protection and to feel like they're able to be part of a community.
2: So she started going down an interesting path when asked about his... Uh, um, you know, are these protests something that the White House is going to speak out about? And it's a similar thing, is that the White House speaks out about everything else, but this ha- they've been walking this line that's really interesting. And it raises a question for me. You know, she talked about the peaceful protests. And I think you have to be for people being able to express their uh, their opinion, even terrible things in a free society, because you got to There's it's probably an argument, but the problem is, is where do you cut that off, right? Eventually, as Christians, we're not going to be able to say that Jesus died for your sins because somebody's going to be offended by that, right? There's a there's somewhere there's a line, but what happens when you're making statements that are calling for the extermination of a people group, whether you realize that's what the statement means or not? From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That's what that means. That's the Hamas statement, and you know, she called it peaceful protests. It's interesting. You know, I wonder what you think about that. When does a protest that is saying terrible things when does it cross the line and it's no longer peaceful? The number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Seems to me that there's a line somewhere where you're you know, and it's interesting too that this is coming from people who have been saying for several years that uh you know, hate speech is violence, you know, or speech is violence, it's okay. If you're going to be consistent then, then when you actually are condoning the murder of other people, that must be violence too, right? Then, and it seems to me certainly violence is a place where your peaceful protest is no longer peaceful. 888 um, 528 she continued down this road.
4: The president had been very, very clear on denouncing any type of violence. And so uh, as it relates to peaceful protesting, people have the right to do that. Uh, but we're just not going to get into blow-by-blows of what's going on across the country. Well, the president has been very clear, not very clear.
0: blow-by-blow, blow, but the president himself said silence is complicity. So if there's anti-Semitic letters being sent by students or protests, sentiment of at course, protests. Of
4: course the president doesn't, uh, is, is, uh, 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 is against anti-Semitism. Of course. This is a president uh, that you have heard me say is prote- it wants to protect communities.
2: So there's a lot of questions, you know, that people are having about, you know, how do you express yourself with all of these things, and you know, where does this go? What do we as a culture want to say about what people can express? Certainly, you would not have uh, a university endorsed, you know, protest that included the KKK, uh, and I would agree, you shouldn't. Uh, if the KKK is protesting, you know, or some other group that espouses the same kind of racism, then whoever they're racist against—black people or anybody else—are uh, not going to feel safe on that campus. There is something about there is a line that gets crossed, even with evil beliefs, right? That is uh, should not be allowed. You know that should be, you know, particularly in a university or other places. You wouldn't do that. I think that we know that, right? Have we come to a place where we just don't know anymore? Are we in a place in our country where we just don't know how to draw lines? Seems like we used to know this. It seems like there were a lot of things not too long ago in our country where we just knew this was bad. My kids know it. You know, my kids are old enough now where they're kind of hearing different things and they know what stuff is bad and what stuff is okay. You know, I think... Part of it is because we raise them deliberately this way, but some of it is, I think, that human beings know. I think we have the ability to discern when something is threatening and hateful. Um, maybe not always when it comes to some of the nuance of certain things, but I think when it comes to racism, when it comes to we want to wipe out a people group when we want to do these things, I think that we know. 888 528 Sam and Torrance, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
5: Pastor Scott, God bless you. Thanks for everything. Hey, um, I know you're kind of going, talking about this, but I had a a quick thought or question or remark about the words were being uh, able to be said on television. And I'm just talking about regular eight to five shows. You know, we can't say the four-letter word for excrement starts with S, but we can sure, you know, say G-D and use God's name in vain like it's just nothing. And it's been going on for a while, but I've noticed that, uh, Saying God's name like that has really been exponentially growing to almost every program I see, they say it. And, uh, man, it's just disheartening and it makes me cringe.
2: You know, we've gone to a place um, where we don't know where the lines are, but we used to know it. And it wasn't always, it wasn't just a religious thing, right? So, you know, why do movies have ratings? What happens in a movie that moves it from PG to PG 13 to R? What is it? right? If you get an R-rated movie, what does that rating mean? It means that there are, and and what is the description? The description is no person's under 17 allowed without a parent. All right? Uh, PG, parental guidance. The parents should be involved. PG-13. Hey, you know what? If you're, we think, the Motion Picture Association of America, we think that your kid probably ought to be 13 before they watch this movie. There's some kind of moral line that even just as a culture, even in the movie business, we used to know. And, uh, you know, nowadays I don't really know. Sometimes I'll, I'll see a movie and it's PG 13 and I'll say, how is this not R?" right? Um, right, absolutely. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the point is, is I think we have blurred the line so much as to what is decent, you know, what is civilization uh, you know a whole different argument here is when you look at this attack here in Israel it's a it's an it's a it's a battle between modern civilization and uh ancient uh, barbarism right it's we're asking you know part of the issue here is what does a civilized society need to maintain in order to stay civil uh, well it's
5: definitely it's definitely a good and evil type thing playing out and and you can just see that it's just uh the amount of evil in this world is incredible. So, yeah. Uh, thanks again for everything you do, and uh, Jesus come soon.
2: Yeah, thank you, thank you, Sam. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You know, we the lines are just more and more blurred because of, I think, a walk away from the Lord, a walk away from, and even an understanding of what we're building as a country right? Some of those things that you did because you wanted to protect kids. That's why when you have the the pornography in the kids' library, right, and the explicit books, and unbelievably explicit. Earlier, you know, we were talking about be careful about the, the videos that are on for this war that you're seeing in your social media because they're graphic, they're violent, they're real, they're terrible, horrific murders. Your kids shouldn't see that, right? We used to think that with pornography, with certain things that you just wouldn't, you'd never ever put that in a kid's library. You certainly wouldn't teach it. But here you go. Now we, we are teaching it and we're having a fight about in the courts in California and elsewhere about whether or not uh, a parent has the right to uh, to teach their kid about sexuality or whether or not certain books that are graphically pornographic should be allowed in the elementary school library. Why are we even talking about that? It should be ob- obviously a no and a few years ago it still was obviously a no everybody would have been offended but now people are fighting for that this is a breakdown of the entire society and culture and this is where societies go by the way we had you know our guest on uh, pastor of rocky peak uh, the church at rocky peak talked about the the decline in uh, the culture of where we're going when you start to reject truth And what starts to happen and where we are, we had that conversation last week, it is where we are. And, you know, I don't think you give up. I think that doesn't make any sense because you used to give up. You used to give up and then you get in a boat and go to some other place. There's no place to go anymore. So I think that we have to find a way to turn it around. And I think it has to begin with us living in truth and really fighting for what is true and fighting for our kids. And the time for sitting on our hands and not participating – the time for hoping our politicians do it. I mean, it's, when you look at what's happening in Washington with the politicians, you know, in the House of Representatives, uh, you know, today, uh, for example, you know, they have a, a new person to get rejected for speaker. How long do you think uh, that guy lasts? And we
3: now have some breaking news from Capitol Hill. Three sources have confirmed NBC News that Congressman Tom Emmer has dropped out of the speaker's race just hours after being nominated by his House Republican colleagues.
2: You know, it's uh, what's happening in the House of Representatives uh, is probably accurately representing our culture right now. Total disarray no plans. We just want to tear stuff down, and then hopefully things will shake out in a certain way. I don't know how that's going to work out for the Republicans, but uh, it's not looking good, and it certainly is not good for a country that is on the brink of a war uh, and having other problems. We've got to take a break. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, Pastor Scott Show. You can follow me on social media. Just look for us at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned.
1: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show.
2: Welcome back, everybody. 888-528-2557. And Alaska Airlines, Horizon Airplane, uh, was nearly crashed by a pilot who was sitting in the jump seat in the cockpit because he decided that he wanted to turn the engines off while it was flying. You know, I don't feel like that's uh, part of the training manual, usually, on an aircraft. I've sat in certain planes, you know, where the, the engines are kind of noisy and I can't sleep very well. I thought, ah, they could turn them off. Um, that's a scary thing. And he is uh, he's brought up on charges of attempted murder of the uh, 80-some-odd people who were on the plane. And uh, 83 counts. 83 counts of attempted murder. 83 counts of reckless endangerment. Um, and uh, one count of uh, trying to destroy an aircraft the recently today the statement came out of what why he did it and the reason why he did it is is because he was apparently high on uh, magic mushrooms and uh, he had been up for about 40 hours straight and just in a state of whatever it is that when you take those mushrooms and uh, didn't really know what he was doing in a state of tremendous paranoia and all of that, you know, so we certainly hope that he gets some help. And we're gl- grateful that uh, the pilots were able to fight that guy off. The actual pilots in the plane uh, were able to fight that guy off. Did you know that uh, Oregon and Colorado decriminalized magic mushrooms uh, recently? And... uh <laughs> <laughs> that is That is the uh, Mario Brothers uh, mushroom there. Thank you. Um, the – you know, and I, I always think to myself, which is a funny thing to say. Do we not think to ourselves? Do we think to somebody else? Maybe while you're on Magic Mushrooms, you can accomplish thinking to someone else. But, you know, when it's on the ballot like it was in these states a couple of years ago to legalize uh, uh, hallucinogenic drugs – And when you have to have all kinds of licensing to go through and classes to go through, when you are going to become a business where you sell this stuff, apparently, and you have to teach people how to breathe and how to deal with the altered state of consciousness they're going to have, when this is part of it, why are we legalizing that? Like, what do we think is going to happen? In a world where we can't help people, we can't make people not drink and drive. Like, we are so weak. That it is not possible to not have drunk driving. There is so much evidence that drinking and driving is bad, that you will kill people, that you will destroy your life and the life of others. When there is so much evidence of that, and so much that we do to try to prevent you from doing that, to tell you not to do it, to tell you to get a ride, to tell you to take an Uber, to, you know, pretend that while you're in that state that you have the sense to actually make the right decision, right? And that's alcohol. That's something that uh, we tried to make illegal once and you can't, but it's, it's always been around and you can't handle it in, a, in an appropriate way. How in the world do we think that we're going to somehow legalize psychedelic drugs and people aren't going to try to bring their aircraft down? Like, Why do we think this is a good idea? Why do we think, and once again, this goes to our, our topic of, of civilization, of having a society right? There are things that civilizations have always agreed upon that are generally bad. Uh, Murder, generally bad. Bad idea. Every civilization, in fact, every, uh, almost every, it depends on who you're murdering. If you're Hamas, you can murder Jews. But if you are a, but see, they're not a civilization. They they don't govern. They're in charge, but they don't govern over there. That's part of the problem. If you want to have a civilization that works, you have to have guardrails. You have to have, Uh, an education system that works, that actually educates people, not just graduates people. You have to have a system of laws and checks and balances that assumes something, that assumes that people are going to be idiots, that assumes that not everybody is going to be responsible. In fact, most people are going to be irresponsible about something, right? Magic mushrooms may not be your thing, and maybe it's not alcohol or something else, but maybe for you it's gambling, or maybe it's pornography, or maybe it's something else that you're going to ruin your life with because you just can't stay away, right? And we used to call them vices, right? We used to say, you know, there's something that just controls uh, a, a life of a person. And we used to say, you know what, there's a reason to to not have that. Well, one of those reasons is uh crash in a plane. You know, I don't understand. I guess I do understand because of where we are as a people, because we are a people who is, you know, I think we're being given over to our our desires, where everything has been has become about the self, right? The argument for so long about legalizing drugs and other stuff, like who are you to say what I do in my own home? That's a pretty good argument if it stayed in your home, I suppose that you can have privacy. It doesn't make it right, but you can have privacy. Um, there are there's a study I read a few years ago that said that uh, drinking and driving accidents happen more often when the economy is better. And when the economy goes bad, those go down. And the reason is is because people will, if you're an alcoholic, you drink at home when you can't afford to go out to eat. So you're at home and you don't drive and you fall asleep in the chair or something. But when you have more money, well, then you go and you get drunk at a restaurant somewhere and you drive home, cause the wreck. And the the point is with this is that nothing we do, even probably in the policy – privacy of our own home doesn't impact the whole culture somehow. You know, how much of your health insurance costs are because of the vices that people have? How many things that bring people to the hospital that are self-inflicted that are done because people don't have the discipline to uh, be have moderation in all things or to say no to certain stuff you just shouldn't do? Uh, it's a lot. You know, your your health care, your, <clears throat> your, your bills when you pay your insurance or when you're in the emergency room, all of that is affected by the same laws that we pass that create more and more problems, that create more medical problems, that create more accidents, that create Uh, a lot more expense that create higher premiums, higher premiums for the airline insurance, by the way, uh, means, and you know, that it's higher ticket prices for the passengers, which means fewer people can fly, which means that fewer people can do the business or have the leisure travel that they want to see it all affects your life. It really, really does. All of those things. We have become a culture that just wants to do whatever it is that we want to do for ourselves, And we don't care how it might affect the culture. We even try to deny it, that it affects everything else. Well, it does. And that's part of something that we're, we're going to have to wrestle with as maybe we're having a little bit of an awakening uh, to a world where uh, things do not go smoothly all the time, where actually the the behaviors that people do in the privacy of their own worlds actually do affect everybody else that it affects the cost of healthcare, it affects the cost of policing, it affects the cost of uh, the fire department. Uh, And uh, it almost brought a plane down because a bunch of people thought, you know what, magic mushrooms, let's just legalize them and maybe we'll get the tax revenue, right? That's what they said. That's what they said in California. You know, we're going to legalize pot and we'll get the uh, tax revenue. Uh, There are no statistics that say that is helping us. Do you know that? That there is so much organized crime and other problems that the Uh, pot sales and the pot growth, marijuana growth in California has caused. It's that whatever tax benefit we thought we're going to have, we're actually not having it because it is uh, going away to other resources that are now necessary to deal with all the the crime and other stuff. There's a great, if you just want to Google it, uh, the Los Angeles Times of all places actually did a great study on that a little while ago and uh, what's happening in California since we legalized pot. Uh, It's bad. These are reasons why our focus has got to be on Christ. These are reasons why, you know, when we are, we are told to uh, be moderate, when we are told, you know, to not get drunk on too much wine, right? When we are told certain things, there's a reason for that, that is good for life, not just for your life and your health, but also good for the community, It's also good for the nation. It is good for everybody that you're around. It's good for your family, all of those things. The decisions that we have to make in our life, we have to consider others. Uh, Philippians tells us to consider others above ourselves in these ways. The reason is, is because when we think about what we're going to do, if we think it's not going to affect others, it just does. And it affects others in ways that you don't anticipate when you think, ah, it's just me. I can just do this and it doesn't matter. No, it, it does. You know, if you want to make things better, just get in your Word of God, pray to God, say, God, help me to uh, make sure that I live a life worthy of the gospel, that I live a life, that I conduct myself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, and uh, that I will stand firm in one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That really is the hope. That's the hope of all of the uh, issues that are in this world, that people will turn to Christ. And that begins with the Christian actually living that life worthy uh, of the gospel that's my encouragement for you. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about education in Arizona, or in uh, in Arizona, in Oregon, and uh, some decisions there, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Israel and take your calls. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow me at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Give me a follow right now, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Pastor Scott Show. You can also watch us at kkla.com, and you can get the podcast of any hour of the show uh, by searching for the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcasts, and click subscribe. We'll be back as hour two of the The Pastor Scott Show continues just a moment. Stay tuned.